Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Follett. I'm an editor at How Stuff Works. And sitting next to me, as usual, I have senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there, everyone. So uh, how are you feeling today? I am neither happy nor sad. I expect then that we're talking about net neutrality. That is correct. <laughs> but boy, we are just getting more and more lame with these intros, aren't we? Yeah, and that's probably because they're all my intros. No, no, mine have been bad too. Let's, right. let's move on though. Net neutrality. Okay. This is uh, one of those buzzwords that you hear a lot and not everyone really understands what the term means. And part of that is because the term kind of means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. That's true. But uh, we'll we'll try and muddy the waters a little bit here. Uh, I mean, sorry, clear things up. And uh, we're going to start <laughs> with uh, just sort of a broad definition of net neutrality. Now, in general, net neutrality refers to being able to access all the different kinds of information that are on the Internet with any applicable device without any restrictions, um, meaning that the different companies that own parts of the Internet don't restrict your access to any of the, the freely available stuff in any way. 
Socialism. Yes, socialism. <laughs> uh, so in other words, for what this would mean to you is that you would log on to your computer at home into uh, onto the internet and you would be able to access any normal web page the same as any other normal web page assuming there aren't any weird problems on the internet at the time like the the target server has gone down or something right so like your isp it doesn't matter what isp you have right and it doesn't matter what site you're accessing right because you should be able to have the same you know Again, provided there are no prob- technical problems, you should be able to have the same experience no matter who you're using. Right. You would be able to, to access a web page at the same speed no matter where you were going. So let's say you're getting the news. Let's just go ahead and use an example. Let's say you want to get the news and you want to log on to CNN.com. And so you tell your your browser, okay, that's where I want to go. Now, right. on a net neutral platform, that means you could access it just as fast as if you were to access any other news site like MSNBC or BBC. Um, you would you would access those sites equally quickly. Now, here's where the, the issue comes in. Is a lot of ISPs kind of want to move away from this net neutrality. It, it sort of hinders them in their mind. Um, and And it takes away one of their potential sources of revenue, which well, would be to make partnerships with certain content providers uh, so that those content providers would get preferential treatment. And you would say if you were a Comcast customer and say Comcast makes a partnership with MSNBC, then MSNBC site might load significantly faster for you than, say, CNN or BBC. And therefore, as a customer, you would be more likely to go to MSNBC because it would mean less waiting around. Right. <laughs> and this is um, this is not really a hot button issue, probably for most people. Um, this is kind of a there's been some talk about it, even in the uh, the presidential debates in yes. 2008. And mm-hmm. um, it's something I think you'd probably hear more as a you know secondary or tertiary topic. But it does come up from time to time. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear who exactly who wants, uh, net neutrality and who doesn't. Right. Um, there's yeah. even been, uh, an act that has not been, uh, that's been introduced on both, uh, in both houses of the American Congress for, uh, called the Internet Freedom Preservation Act. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically th- this is, it's still ongoing, undergoing some debate. Right. In, in both houses. Still in but, committee. Uh, but the thing is, um, this would basically say, look, it doesn't matter who you have. You should, everyone is entitled to the same experience when they use the internet. But the problem is there are other companies who would like to, uh, to throttle that bandwidth. And, you know, in some ways they have a good reason to do so. Right. It's not just, it's not just revenue generation. No, that's true because we're talking, you know, we've talked about other, some of these other topics before, you know, streaming audio and video, uh, BitTorrent. Um, you know, now that we have all these conveniences, now that a lot of us have high speed internet connections at home, uh, you know, people are using them. Right. And, Lots of uh, people are using them. And that's a lot of, you know, bandwidth, a right. lot of information traveling on the uh, series of tubes. So we, <laughs> series of tubes. Well, we were talking about politics and the internet. And we could talk about Stevens because he has mentioned, anyway. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the bandwidth issue. So bandwidth is not infinite. There is a finite amount of bandwidth. It's in it. it depending depends. on who you talk to. <laughs> Within the infrastructure. Okay. Well, literally the physical cables. 
and fiber optics that make up the Internet's backbone can only hold so much information at one time. Now, you can always add more. You can add more nodes. You can add more cable. And so there's, you know, there does, there is a solution beyond just, oh, well, it's full now. You know, it's kind of like the whole build more roads idea for managing traffic. That's the other part is when you build more stuff, more people use it. Um, it's kind of funny how that works out. But as, as things like digital distribution of media come into play, where more and more companies are really looking at that as a possible way to, to move into distribution, you know, skip the whole Blu-ray DVD problem. A lot of people are, are concerned that Blu-ray is never going to mature as a full technology because the, by the time it, the prices come down, digital distribution will have taken its place. So here's the issue. Digital distribution takes up a lot of bandwidth. I mean, if you're, especially if you're talking whole about like a high definition movie. Yeah. Whole lot of bandwidth. Huge files, yeah. enormous files. So that if you want to get one of those files in a timely manner, meaning that you don't want to wait three months while your computer downloads, you know, a film, then you need a lot of bandwidth. You need the speed uh, to be able to access these files. Um, well, because this bandwidth fills up, the ISPs have to sit there and think, okay, well, how are we going to manage this? Are we going to invest in putting down more hardware to meet demand? Or could we just sort of figure out a different way where we kind of do some traffic control? And that's where, that's where some problems have popped up recently. Um, in fact, there's a pretty famous case with Comcast. I was wondering if you picked them for a reason. Yeah, well, guess who I have as an ISP. Um, Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'll go home and I'll realize, hey, where'd my internet go? Um, Comcast has uh, come under fire by the FCC for throttling traffic uh, related to BitTorrent users, although not necessarily BitTorrent. I guess it could be anyone who's who's consuming tons and tons of bandwidth. Actually... Again, I say it's funny that you mention that uh-huh. because uh, I read an article in which uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation was saying that, uh, yes, BitTorrent was one of them, but uh, there were other protocols affected mm. as well. Uh, HTML, which is the protocol that you normally use to, on a web page, uh, not so much affected by this, but they had uh, they had a test that they did and um, BitTorrent, Nutella – and uh, even the Lotus Notes, wow, the popular corporate email program. Yes, and I think this probably dates the information a little bit, you know, Nutella too. But uh, it wasn't just BitTorrent, so they right. were apparently looking for other things that used a lot of bandwidth. Uh, BitTorrent and Nutella both share file sharing pro- programs, and um, what they were doing apparently was forging packets. And a packet is a little chunk of information. When you when you request something over the internet, um, basically internet protocol breaks it down, or the machines do, break it down into little chunks, which travel over internet protocol to get to your machine from the machine that's serving it up. Well, uh, what they were doing at Comcast, apparently, according to this this article I read, was they were making up extra packets, and when they would it, when it would detect BitTorrent. Um, it would basically throw some of these junk packets in there, which would disrupt the connection and cause it to break. Wow. So it would, you know, basically so beyond, hang it up. Beyond just throttling. It's like sticking a stick through the spokes of your bicycle wheel. Golly. <laughs> Except, Fine you know, with nickel. less road rash. Wow. Yeah. So, so throttling 
traffic is bad enough. That's where you you actually put in exterior controls so that you slow down someone's right. traffic, <clears throat> giving that bandwidth, opening up that bandwidth for other users sure. theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not really supposed to do that. And the FCC kind of spanked Comcast when uh, when the allegations came to light that Comcast was throttling users. Um, not literally throttling users, uh, bandwidth, I should say. <laughs> they weren't, weren't coming to people's houses and strangling them. Um, although I guess some people probably felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice visual, Chris. It'll really come across in the podcast. Thanks. So anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the FCC comes down and this was a big deal because some people weren't sure the FCC really had the authority to do this. In fact, Comcast was one of them saying, uh, who gives you the right to do this? And this is one of those things that, that people are kind of – they're kind of forging what net neutrality means and where the parameters are as we go along because it is new ground. And so I think, you know, to be fair, we should look at it from the other – from the company's point of view. Now, not everyone is using that level of bandwidth. Really, from what I understand, it's less than 5% mm-hmm. of users who are really cranking down all the – goodies they can download from the internet right and and taking advantage of the fact that they have this massive unlimited connection um the thing is you know these companies have responsibility to their shareholders mm-hmm. and they need to make the most of their investment and they don't you know they'd love to have additional customers and they i'm sure they probably really don't have a problem with us downloading all the videos and music as long as it doesn't get them in trouble with the different uh, copyright holders. Sure. But, uh, you know, they're not really so much interested in that. But they, you know, every time they have to go out and add a new fiber optic line or, or, you know, upgrade their additional, additional lines, that costs them money too, which cuts into the bottom line and hurts them in the shareholders. Uh, yeah, money eyes. makes the so, world go round. You know, they, they have a reason, a, le- yeah, uh, yeah. a reasonably legitimate reason to, uh, to do that. But the article that I read, uh, in CNET, um, Australians say that this is an American problem. Yes. Uh, because that, that's where I read about, you know, the less than 5%. Well, uh, they say basically what we should do is limit the amount of information that we can, we can download because essentially these few people are the ones costing everyone else, uh, when it comes to net neutrality. They're saying if, if, uh, you've throttled back on those select few people, then, uh, you know, it won't be so much of an issue and people won't be calling for, uh, the takeover of net resources. That, that I can, uh, I can kind of see that argument. There's also the argument that some people make that, uh, if you were to regulate net neutrality, it would hamper innovation in some way. And you're talking about Andy Kessler from the Wall Street Journal. I'm he also, wrote an article. Also talking about Bob Kahn, uh, the yeah. founders of the internet. Ah, oh, there you go. So yeah, because both of them then apparently said that uh, it would be anti-competitive right. to leave it neutral. Right. It would. And well, it's, it's more. It's not just the leaving it neutral. It's the idea of regulation. Oh, like I when see. you bring regulation into the picture, that somehow regulation automatically constricts innovation. Um, I think when we look at our economy, sometimes we say that a lack of regulation could also cause problems. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of massive amounts of regulation either, but if it means preventing abuse, then I think it does become necessary. Yeah. And we're, we're recording this before the 
the presidential election. True. Um, so by the time this comes out, maybe maybe this has been decided one way or the other. But uh, it's interesting to look at how the candidates view net neutrality. Um, McCain has said that he kind of uh, he wants the market to take care of it. So in other words, hands off, yeah. lack of regulation. So really, kind of against the whole regulating net neutrality. Yeah. No, no big government. Right. Yeah. Hands off. Right. Lazy fair. Uh, Lazy fair. <laughs> that was a nice one. Thank you. So Obama, he uh, he believes in net neutrality, or at least has said that he would he would favor net neutrality, which is interesting, because his running mate Joe Biden does not favor net neutrality. Uh-huh. So there's not really a clear cut choice for people who are really itching to use net neutrality as one of the one of their factors for voting, uh, unless they, of course, they're completely hands off, in which case you know McCain is pretty clear on the subject. Um, Obama's personal stance seems to be that, hey, we need to make sure that people have access to this information no matter who they choose. And uh, as you pointed out, talking about a, an American problem, uh, that's not unique to the Australians. Uh, Europe seems to think the same thing. Uh, I've read that uh, that in Europe, the concept of net neutrality is also one of those things where they, they're afraid it's going to, to hamper competitiveness. Mm-hmm. But in Europe, there are a lot more choices for ISPs. So you could – if you knew ahead of time that this ISP partnered with these particular sites, you could shop around. You could say, hey, you know, that's not the website I prefer. I prefer this website. You could theoretically look around and, and get a different ISP and use them in order to uh, access the internet. And then maybe you're OK. Maybe you don't care that the other sites are are throttled because the ones that you like are fine. Uh, in the United States, that's not really the case. We don't have that kind of choice. In most regions, you have maybe two choices. Maybe. Uh, some places you only, you don't have a choice. You have one or you're not on at all. Well, there's satellite internet. Well, okay. But so, then that has its own bandwidth throttling problem, sure, which is sure. due to the latency of the signal traveling up to the satellite, back down to the provider and back the, up to the satellite. The point being that yeah. you only have maybe one or two choices, maybe three. Uh, max wherever you happen to be, um, as opposed to Europe where you may have several, like maybe half a dozen or even a dozen choices. Um, when you don't have that kind of choice, th- that's where the customer impact really comes into play. Yeah. And, uh, as a matter of fact, you know, the internet basically started in the United States. I mean, right. there's, there's, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that other people have, Added on to it, but it, you know, it was as a defense department initiative, yes, essentially. Yes, ARPANET um, was yeah. kind of the the foundation for the internet. And and there, you know, there were other people in uh, in the uh, universities and some universities who were working on similar things. But when they got together, that was essentially what what made it happen. Right. So you'd think, you know, being the leader uh, in creating this worldwide network, uh, that the United States would own, you know, the most bandwidth, and we would have in this country, the fastest connection speeds. But uh, part of the reason that neutrality is such an issue is that the speeds in the United States are, are if you take them in rank, uh, the United States is not even in the top 10 yeah. uh, in fastest internet speeds. I mean, places like South Korea and, and I think Finland, mm-hmm. I mean, tri- Japan. Japan, you know, double, triple, quadruple, easily you- the speeds that we get here on our, our fastest Right. Internet connections. And you and might, you might wonder why that is. Uh, there's, I can give you one simple reason. I mean, oh, yeah. it's not the only reason. United States is big. Well, there's that. It's enormous. It's a lot harder to wire a country the size of the United States than it is South Korea. 
Uh, that's not the only reason. I mean, there are also other reasons, like a lot of these other countries have government funding that goes into these right. infrastructures, whereas the United States is private companies. So you've, you know, you're looking at, you know, for the public good versus for private enterprise. Um, that's a big difference as well. But size, I think, plays a huge role. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. And it's just one of a number of issues. Uh, as you can tell, it's, there are a bunch of different sides to this. And, uh, it's one of those things where it's not a, a top issue, but I think it's growing. I mean, just judging from the, the amount of traffic it's getting, uh, something I heard about a long time ago and it's popping up a lot more. I think it's going to, uh, become something that people can't ignore. Right. At least here in the United States. When, when you've got are. Obama even suggesting having a chief technical officer or a technology czar, um, to look into this kind of thing. Uh, and there's some pretty big names that have been bandied about potentially to fill this position. Um, I mean, you know that it's starting to come into the forefront at that point where you're talking about founding a, a, a new national office that would oversee this sort of thing. That's right. pretty big news. Well, that wraps up this discussion on net neutrality. If you want to read more about this and other topics, you should check out HowStuffWorks.com and we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.